You are listening to What's Wrong With You, a podcast about foibles, idiosyncrasies, and having no chill. So wrong, it's right. I am your host, John McBride of johnmcbride.com. And on this episode, I am speaking with comedian Gary Bush, and we have an in-depth conversation about life in comedy, mental illness, and popping pills, man. We also talk about horror movies. In this conversation, we get into some, some deaths of darkness, but we come out on the other side, the light side. Man, we did it all in this conversation. It was amazing. It got deep. It got silly. It got fun. Now, let's find out what's wrong with Gary Bush. All right, so we're... <coughs> That's awesome. So I'm very excited to have Gary Bush here as my guest. And I, I'm excited to do this. All right. I, I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice. <laughs> yeah. I was very excited to talk to you, Gary, because I've, I've liked you. I've considered you a friend for a while. One of my favorite comics in the Dallas comedy scene. So I'm just going to butter your bread here for a second before all you tear right. it down. How all about, right. All right. So let's, let's not waste any time. So... Said who you are, and you're a Dallas comedian, but the first question is very important, is who do you think you are? Who do I think I am? When I'm on stage, I think I'm Joey Ramone. Really? That's yeah. interesting. So yeah. you think you're just sort of a... Uh, I, I mean, I, we, we, kinda, we, we keep it kind of PG here, but you think you're kind of like a... Uh, a badass or something or... Yeah, I mean, not not in a conceited kind of way. It's just I try to bring like a... I, my jokes are a little edgy. And I try to bring like a hardcore kind of rock and roll edge, but I'm still pretty clean on stage. Yeah, which is very interesting to me. It's very actually, it's one of the things I really like. I, 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 um, I consider myself to be a clean comic, but I think all I really do is just not swear, and that's that's good enough for a lot of people. That's a very good discount. Yeah, I like that description. <laughs> you know, you just like I just don't draw the f. I just don't drop the f bomb, but. Uh, you know, what I'm talking about isn't necessarily clean. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an adult show without being, you know, pornographic. Right. And now, and what's wrong with you is also, it, it can be pornographic. That depends on the listener. But, <laughs> so. I'm sure. I, rule 34. Yeah, Rule 34. I'm sure there's a bunch of Rule 34 <laughs> podcasts out there. But, yeah. Uh, uh, but it definitely applies to this podcast. And when you're listening to John McBride and Gary Bush talk, how can you not think about that? But as I, I like that you bring a sort of a sense of punk rock to your your comedy stand-up. Routine. I feel that I do. I don't know how successful I am at it, but uh, that's you know that's what I try. And I never this is this was brought up in my last comedy class. I never take the mic out of the stand because I enjoy doing the lean back yeah. and forth, the Joey Ramone kind of thing. That's actually really cool. Now, mm-hmm. uh, it's so that's why is it just kind of like a habit? It started that way, and you were you like, you know, this is kind of cool, or is it like a purposely I want to be like my hero here? No, actually, one of my comedy mentors told me because uh, apparently I was doing what a lot of beginning comics were doing, taking it out of the stand and then pacing back and forth. I looked like one of those carnival things, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You shoot them. And he, he said, He said, at this point in your career, you're only up there three to five minutes. He said, Why even take that thing out of the stand? Why even bother, you know? That's a good point. And then I just started, you know, just adjusting it up. And then the whole, and then it really became me. And Yeah, you know what? That's a very excellent point for, mm-hmm. I mean, any comedian at any stage in, in the comedy game, 
I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to be doing comedy very long to at least have the concept down of making that stage yours. When like like you said, when you only have like maybe three minutes, that's your three minutes. Exactly. You put Gary all over that stage. That's exactly right. <laughs> and even now that I'm still, you know, I'm doing twenty minute sets, twenty five minute sets. Sometimes I I still it just it became me. It just yeah. became my style, and that's just what I'm going to do. And that's very, I mean, talk about branding. This is the Gary <laughs> right. Bush branding. You don't even know. Don't copy that. Yeah, don't, don't copy yeah. that. I'll tell you one thing for me. You're doing a lot better than me uh, in many ways, Gary. Oh, but uh, uh, one of the things that I used to have a really bad problem with, and even to this day, sometimes a little bit, it'll still creep in. But so I take the mic out of the uh, out of the stand, and I had it. Sort of not. I don't remember anybody specifically telling me, but I just sort of just got the idea. You take the mic out of the stand, and then you put the thing to to, to the side. Right. I was like, that's apparently what the pros do. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Right. Even though, like, like you said, it doesn't matter. It's it's your thing. It doesn't. All the audience really cares about is you're funny. They don't give a damn where the mic is. <laughs> Seriously, right? You know. Unless it's like right in front of you, and you take it out of the stand. Oh God, don't do that. Yeah, that just looks weird. <laughs> yeah. That looks weird. And I'm sure I did that plenty of times before yeah. I just made the bold decision to try to emulate better <laughs> people than me but my hand would shake a lot because i was so nervous that's another reason why uh it became part of me because not only was i pacing back and forth i was literally had the jitters right. like that and my mentor said well if you want to solve that just leave it you know yeah and i still hang on to the stand you know i still you know. big shout out to the mr miyagi that's yeah. helping out exactly <laughs> yeah he was very helpful yeah so when um and i'm you 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 probably know this, Gary, but to any listeners out there who are not familiar with John McBride, and how dare you <laughs> for not knowing the rich history of John, John McBride, but uh, my brother and I, we started as a comedy duo, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so there was one instance, we did an open mic a long time, long, long time ago, right, where we're doing our two-man bit, right, and we took the mics out of the stands, right? Okay. And so I, one of the bits was I'm reading something from a piece of paper, so I'm holding a piece of paper in my hand right now, but if this if you could see, oh if only you could see this audio only <laughs> podcast, I would the paper would literally be shaking in oh, my hand. Yeah. I was so nervous. So my brother reaches over, grabs my wrist to steady my wrist nice. on stage during the bit. It got a laugh. <laughs> At least I re- I think I remember it getting a laugh. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, yeah. So it took a while for that nervousness. I remember you and I had a conversation, and actually this will bleed right into the second question as All we right. keep trucking <clears throat> along here. Um, the second question, I'll, I have my story I want to share here in a minute, but I'm going to let you answer this question. The question is very creative. It's what's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> How much time do you have? Many, many things. Uh, I've clinic. Well, first of all, I have a therapist, a psychiatrist, uh, three prescription drugs, I think now. Uh, so yeah, we're up to three now. So yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Um, I'm clinically diagnosed OCD. Nice. And so for someone who decided to start a podcast called what's wrong with you, this is gold. This <laughs> oh, is amazing. This, 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 this is your premier episode right here. I know, because I'm going to showcase this one. Yeah. Because let me tell you, man. I, and, and I know a lot of people say they're OCD. Oh man, I'm so OCD. No, I, um, it's one of those things. If I didn't laugh about it, I'd cry. Yeah, because it's yeah. real. It's a horrible thing, you know, and it's crippled. It's done some crippling effects on me. 
But you know what? It's also funny. It's a, it's a funny disease. Yeah, you and you know, know I, I tell guests when they come on here, we can get as silly, as silly or serious as you want. I almost mm-hmm. made up a word, sillyrus. Sillyrus. Like sillyrus. You can have that one. You can, right. For free. It's on audio. I'll so run with that. It's, a, it's been documented. But So this is a little bit more than... Like uh, a common one that happens to a common thing that happens to a lot of people happens to me. And this is my own private little miniature microscopic version of that Mm -hmm. is I could see the potential of where it could have really been bad. And it's a common thing. Everybody does. It's when you think you lock the door, but you're not sure. Right. So everybody goes through that. There is a very, very brief period where that was really bothering me. And I yeah. had to drive back around the block just to make sure after yeah. I left the house. That's about as bad as it got. And that only happened maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. So in, in compared to that, how is it sort of like that? Or is it just like that times a million? It's that times a million. If okay. To be like clinically diagnosed. And, yeah. you know, and, and I, pop, I pop three pills a day to control my OCD, mm. uh, Luvox. And it's been miraculous for me, uh, to say the least. <laughs> Please sponsor us. <laughs> Luvox. <laughs> Please sponsor this podcast. <laughs> it, it's, that drug has really, I mean, before Luvox and after Luvox, the, I wish I would discovered it 20 years ago. I know. And I'm... I don't know a lot about f- pharmaceuticals or whatever, how even, how even to pr- properly pronounce the word. <laughs> right. But um, I don't know a whole lot about that. See, for somebody like me, I feel, I feel really funny about putting things I don't understand into my body. But that being mm-hmm. said, just because I feel weird about it, I'm like, if a pill is helping you out. Absolutely. Who cares? You yep. know what I mean? Some people, you know, you hear it depends on who you ask. Some people love it. Some people hate it. But like, you shouldn't have artificial things. So here's where I can. I'm going to let you I mean, tell your side of the story here. Uh-huh. But for me, I'm thinking my, again, not any real education or even understanding of how my own brain works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. On like a medical <laughs> level. But I'm thinking like, you know what? My the little weird chemicals my brain get altered every single day and every single minute by outside influences every day so i'm Mm -hmm. thinking like yeah a pill is going to do that a pill is just going to understand what to do yep so gary you're uh waving the flag a proponent for big pharma here i'm sure i really am man and and, uh and I don't want to get, you know, too serious and drag the audience down and everything with mental illness. But, uh, you know, seriously, I mean, it's come to light in recent months, you know. Go get some help, man, because they got pills. That'll, yeah, they got pills, man. They, they got <laughs> pills that'll, that'll straighten your ass out pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, like, nobody wants to abuse them or anything like that. But that's anything. You could drink too much coffee. You could exactly. drink too much soda. You know what I mean? Like, I'm drinking a nice coffee right now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think I have too much. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like the same thing. You could have too much pizza, and just you would die happy. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but I do that a lot. Who's to, who's to say? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, the... And the so, warnings... Oh, I'm sorry. The, the warning signs were there. I mean, when I was a kid, I went through the classic hand-washing routine, mm-hmm, washing mm-hmm. my hands 30, 40 times a day. But you got to consider, this was the early 70s, and, you know, it, it's just... They weren't as sophisticated back then. Oh, you got a weird kid. He's washing his hands 30 times a day. Hey, Gary, cut that out. You know, yeah. that's that was that was the treatment protocol back then. Yeah, just like, hey, quit it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop being weird. Yeah. You know, well, well, for me personally, and anybody who knows me for like maybe three minutes will understand 
my personal process of stop being weird. I have to tell myself not just to stop being weird, but to stop enjoying being weird. That's, <laughs> that's some good advice. It's like, stop, would you stop enjoying thinking of the most inappropriate thing to say at any given moment, at any given time? I've just learned to embrace it, man. It's just, you know. My, my wife will see me just me. sort of smile. I'm laughing to myself because I'm thinking like, I'm like, I can't ever properly explain and describe the weirdo thing i'm thinking of that's making me and only me laugh yep every day so when it comes to um overcoming things like that let's go back to nervousness for a little bit because that definitely plays a big factor Mm -hmm. you know what i mean in in every aspect of life but in stand-up comedy nervousness is like a huge part and every single time like for me it's like an open mic whatever I'll be fine right up until I go up on stage. Then that's when the nervousness hits me. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And you, for me, it's the opposite. Really? Yeah, for me, I'm like shaking in my boots before they intro me. And then once I get up there, I'm like, well, you got yourself into this now. You, <laughs> yeah. you got to do it. That's where that punk rock attitude comes in. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's like, this is my stage. People are here for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you were, you were telling me some advice on how to sort of, I don't know if you want to use the word conquer that nervousness, but you you had definitely methods. Mm-hmm. Of, now, I don't know if you want to share them here on this uh, podcast that millions of people will listen to. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I'll, I'm a big advocate of one particular technique, and, and it's too complicated to explain, but Google this. I'm serious. If you, it'll change your stand-up. It's called the, it goes by a different million names, but I learned it as the memory palace technique. And it right. is a way to memorize your set, and or, or anything actually in life. You, and this is such a powerful technique. I'm literally not being dramatic when I said it changed. It changed my my approach to everything. I mean, I started being able to do 15 minute sets without having to worry about forgetting them. Right. And then from there, I got the confidence to do 30 minute sets. And I, I'm not gonna. I could. I could do my set backward, forward. You could say, you know. What should, what should I do at this point, that point? I can run it any way you want. There you go. Now, how much do you think, it's sort of like a mnemonic memory recall exercise mm-hmm. thing, that type of deal. That's kind of what it makes me think of. But uh, I, after you told me about that, when you originally told me about that, mm-hmm. I, I, did, I was like, man, that is amazing because the um, real nutshell version is just think of it like objects in your house that you see every day, multiple times a day, and you mm-hmm. sort of associate that with your set list becomes easier to remember. But what I want to know is how much do you think the OCD helps that or hurts that? I honestly believe in, this may be contrary to what a lot of people think. I think the OCD hurts it because with the OCD, you're constantly checking yourself and is that you just have to trust that, that you know this, you've got this and yeah, OCD is not fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, really not. I, I so you're here to say like it really. It's maybe case by case and situational, <laughs> but it's like even with my minuscule, barely the same thing, not at all version of that. <laughs> I because I, I don't try to like claim oh, I'm this way too. I'm like no, you're not. You know uh, what I mean? Like right. you haven't been clinically diagnosed with anything. Calm down. But <laughs> uh, so, but just kind of like seeing from a distance what that would be like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And sympathizing and just being like how try, trying to think of like how it would actually help a situation. You know what I mean? I'm like like maybe. It's hard to come up with a situation where I think that would be this. You know, would be awesome right now. <laughs> I absolutely had to list everything that I remembered seeing in the third grade yeah. or something right, like that. Yeah, <laughs> so. a, little, a little touch of mental illness would come in handy right now. No, I, 
if I could not be OCD, I would definitely choose to not be. Right. It's not like, I have OCD. I'm going to become Batman now. It's like, no. <laughs> no, no, you're not. You're not. I tell you my weird thing. A lot of this podcast is what's wrong with me as well. So mm-hmm. what's wrong with me is I, ha- I, I will, I don't do this though whole lot but i do find myself doing it frequently enough to make it noteworthy for myself it's making writing out little lists of the same thing over and over again okay so like when i get to my job in the morning my job recording podcasts all all day if anybody's wondering um (laughs) so (laughs) i find myself just basically bills i have to pay or something Mm -hmm. i'll categorize them i'll code them because i don't want people reading what i'm understanding what i'm writing you know what i mean and so like i'll write that out i notice in the morning when my brain is going the most it'll want to just do something yes you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's active it's what i'm trying i'm trying to tell myself focus on like the new one of the million things you're trying to get off the ground Mm -hmm. focus on that yeah so what i want to know is it's sort of similar to that or actually what i really want to know is like do you find yourself doing that and you have to actively say no stop it man I have a list, actually. My wife and I call it the list. And um, <laughs> I have tried to go without the list uh, many times, and it's been just a total meltdown. I can't do it. And the list is every minuscule, like, get up, shave, yeah, take a shower. And I have it on my phone, and I'll have to check it off as I do it, you know. Yeah, it, it's you know I'm not going to forget that you, you may not know today, but yeah. I'm, but I'm not going to forget to shave if I don't have it on there. But my brain needs it, and I've tried to wean myself off of the list. Yeah, and it just so I've, I've just embraced the list now. You know, I'll tell you this: as far as list goes, that is a pretty <laughs> awesome list. If you're going to be addicted to a list, the list of grooming and having good hygiene, mm-hmm. there are worse lists. I'm here to tell <laughs> yeah. you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and if, if that's the list you're stuck with, that's pretty awesome. The most mundane tasks are on this list. Things that I would never in a million years forget to do. And I know I'm not going to forget to do them, but I've got to have it written down where I can check it off. Yeah. So <laughs> now, man, there's so much. And on this podcast, I'm pretty transparent. I say we go wherever the conversation takes us. Mm-hmm. I do have a couple of things in mind I really want to do. But... So when I say that, it's not like I just want to go completely down the OCD hole, but it's a very okay. fascinating subject for people who may not completely understand it. Right. And the show ultimately is a comedy show. It's not really exactly. one thing or the other. So, but, you know, just taking a moment to just, you know, I don't know. It's not really like an after school special or anything like that. <laughs> it is rule 34. So there's that. Yeah. It is to someone pornographic, I'm sure, but <laughs> you guarantee you to someone. <laughs> you know, it brings me just pleasure that I'm bringing pleasure to someone else. There, there you go. go. So, yeah. But uh, so, really, the takeaway before we move on here is just uh, when when someone says that I have a mental illness as part of like a joke. Are you able to roll with that? Because I see it, it happens a lot. It's sort of the other example would be. I'm funny because I drink a lot. You know what I mean? I'm like, you're an alcoholic. Yeah, right. But I'm not going to get too worked up over it because I get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But how much do you see that? And you're thinking like, because there's plenty of like online, there's like memes and stuff making light of the mental illness thing. Exactly, Do yeah. you see that? I'm like, well, that sucks. I really wish they wouldn't do that. Or does it kind of get under your skin? No, I don't. It, it doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I think a lot of it's funny because... And I know I'm going to offend someone out here, but OCD is a comedy goldmine. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it really is. I mean, there's the jokes write themselves for that on stage. And 
you know, and I've got, I've got a good five minutes that I do on OCD and, and my various other, you know. Right. I think that's actually a really good message because we're, we're a message podcast, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, it's really awesome just to hear someone who's just saying, hey, I have this, this real thing. Right. But it's funny as hell. Yep. And if we don't make fun of it in ourselves, we're just going to go even crazier. Exactly. If anything, it brings it to light. And I've, it's unfortunate that it took the series of events that it did to bring mental illness to the forefront yeah. you know, in this country. But I think we're starting to see you know, people aren't being ashamed of it, embarrassed of it. This yeah. is what I have. I pop pills every day for it. I go to therapy. Deal right. with it. Yeah. And so that's another thing that um, I talk about um, sometimes on this podcast. Again, wherever we, wherever the conversation goes. But one of the things I like to talk about is vices, right? So okay. I wouldn't say pills for you as a vice or anything like that. And you have like the list you talked about. Mm-hmm. You might be able to categorize those. But I'm interested in that's another area of what's wrong with people, right? Uh-huh. What is your vice? Like for me... Um, Social media is a big vice. I'm on it constantly. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, that's pretty much a big vice, right? I try to use oh, it, it to promote is. myself because I'm trying to do stuff, but I know I'd be on there regardless. Yeah. So what's one of your vices that come to mind? You can use social media if you want. Well, no, social media is a, is a big vice, and I'm guilty of it as well. But uh, one of the biggest time wasters that I have in my life is bad movies. Bad movies. Now, I, that's... I don't know if that's a vice or more of a hobby, but I'm addicted to them. I know that. Yeah, and I was thinking there's no way I'm going to have Gary Bush on my show and we don't talk about horror <laughs> movies, right? There's no Absolutely. way. Absolutely. You're wearing a Plan 9 from Outer Space shirt right now. <laughs> yes. Which... Proudly wearing it. If you've ever seen the <laughs> Rift Tracks live version of that, it's hilarious. Yes, it is. It's yeah. hysterical. The movie by itself, it's... I mean, it's an older movie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of notorious for being a B-movie. Did you know they remade it recently? They remade? I did not know that. They remade it, and it's on, uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime or something, but you you should check it out. It's just called Plan 9. They shortened the title. Is it, like, good? Here's the thing. <laughs> the filmmakers said, you know what? We're going to take this idea that Ed Wood Jr. had, and we're going to do the movie that he would have made if he'd had a budget and talent. Yeah. And they took it seriously. Like it, nice. And they made, you know, it is still a B movie, but, but it's pretty good. Wow, that's really awesome. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So um, so we're a couple of horror movie fanatics. Now, Gary, you're probably more into it than I am because I've sort of fallen off the wayside. Uh-huh. So I can say I love horror movies. You can say, what's the last horror movie you watched? I'd be like, um, well, um, <laughs> I don't know. So, I can tell you I'm a big horror movie fan, but it's all about stuff that I used to watch. Because I'll tell you, and I want to hear your opinion about okay. this, if you're a big horror fanatic as well, but um, a lot of the new horror movies that come out don't appeal to me whatsoever. Yeah. They all look no. too clean. They look too polished. Exactly. I miss the gritty days, you know, back when, oh man, it just, you didn't know what was going to happen. Like yeah. uh, last night. For instance, I was watching a Grizzly, the 1976 classic yeah. about a bear. He's 18 feet of gut-munching terror, by the way. <laughs> nice. uh, sometimes the bear looked like he was smiling on camera. He looked kind of cuddly to <laughs> he, me. He but... had, um, that was his bloodlust, right? He yeah. Was, he was happy to be eating people. <laughs> exactly. But in this, and I, I hadn't seen the movie in years, and I'd forgotten about this. They killed a kid in that movie. Man, Which, in movies in general, but horror <clears throat> movies especially, you don't see that too often. It's a taboo. 
It's a big it's a taboo. taboo because if when it happens, it's like a big deal. Yeah, and they that bear ripped this kid a new one, man, and and uh, it was a little eight year old kid tore his leg off on screen. I was like, holy crap! Am I? I can't believe I'm seeing this. Yeah, I oh, I wish I remember the name of this movie. It was like a cheesy B movie horror movie, but one of the things. I hope I'm remembering this as a real thing and not something I just made up because I wanted it to exist. <laughs> but, oh, man, but the part of the ad campaign was like, in this movie, a kid dies. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm, maybe I'm just making that up because I thought it'd be funny. If, if that is there. real, i got to see it. I'm going to track it down now. So, <laughs> so, I, I, I'm, so I'll share with you, I probably told you this before, my favorite horror movie of all time. And there's mm-hmm. a bunch that I like. And not to yep. just poo-poo all the newer ones. I say newer when it comes to, like, like the ring freaked me out when I first saw yeah. the uh, U.S. version. The Japanese version was weird to mm-hmm. me when I saw it. Um, so I say new, but that movie came out, like, 20 years ago. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. <laughs> yeah, time flies. Or, like, like, the very last shot of the Blair Witch Project. I remember yeah. being freaky. So, and it, but uh, newer movies once it actually came out in this decade, uh, can be really creepy. You know what I mean? They can be. As much as they don't appeal to me, I'm not watching those movies by myself because I'm a pansy. Uh-huh. As much as I love horror movies, I'm not watching them by myself because they will <laughs> – I will get freaked out so easily. Oh, you do? Huh? My imagination runs wild. Huh. So, yeah. And, and so even like the cheesier ones, like the original e- Evil Dead by today's standards. Yeah, right. It's probably like really like <laughs> – cheesy but i'm like even though it's still kind of creepy i'm still not wanting to watch it by myself yeah so um and you know the day of the dead is one of my favorites the original um dawn all, all the major zombie movies and things like that but i'll tell you my favorite i want to hear your favorite but my okay. favorite was the texas chainsaw massacre that is my all-time favorite you, gotta, you read me like a book man i love leatherface love me leatherface, some leatherface is the best and i want to hear your reasons but my reasons for loving it so much is not only is it so like gritty and just mm. almost not hard to watch because it's bad but it's almost like a yeah. snuff film you know it I mean? is yeah <laughs> it's like somebody discovered this in their basement yeah you know, it's the, like it's like you're looking at something you're not supposed to see it it can be it's almost like the original found footage movie practically yeah. so one of the reasons that freaks me out to this day about and it's like it's it's a fun movie to watch if you're a little twisted mm-hmm. you know what i mean because i always have fun when i watch it it's been a while but i but the reason that scares me is because that movie can happen right now yeah it probably is. Does that console you any at all? <laughs> like, if you're driving on 35, <laughs> yeah. the major highway here in the state of Texas, for any non-local listeners, I guess, as if you haven't heard of an interstate called 35 before. <laughs> right. Whatever. you know. But if you're driving down, like, a lonesome highway at night and you break down, oh yeah, somebody like Leatherface could be after you. So it's it's whenever I'm driving, like, a long drive at night mm-hmm. and it's, like, between major cities, it's kind of in the boonies, yeah. I'm thinking... Oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is going to happen to me. There was one time when uh, we went to Oklahoma. We were on our way to see Evil Dead the musical. Nice. And we took a wrong turn. And, you know, people say, oh, you're in the middle of nowhere. You don't know the middle. I, I didn't even know places like this existed. It was it was unbelievable. And there was a house out there. Yeah. Somebody chose to live out there. And you wonder, why did they choose to live out there? I mean. <laughs> yeah. It, it was unbelievable. It was, God. 
Yeah, forget about it. Forget <coughs> about it. I don't know yeah. if you could pay me enough money to go up and knock on the door at night. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Heck, no. What you want, boy? <laughs> what you want, boy? Have you ever considered um, being in one of these horror movies? And perhaps you have. I don't know. I would love to. I, I think that would be awesome. And, like, so any, like, I'm I'm sure there's a bunch of local filmmakers here even if it's like a small little independent movie, who cares? They're a blast, you mm-hmm. know. And I'm there's so many out here. So uh, whoever listened to this, just know that Gary Bush is um, <laughs> awaiting your call. And he's a uh, six foot five, really creepy looking, big dude, very menacing. I have a running joke with my wife that I want to get a gig playing the bad guy on all those ID channel documentaries. <laughs> yeah. You know, they they always need some big creep like me to you know. You know, and there is a lot of value in being creepy, let me tell you. There I, is. I have a whole bit about uh, me being me and my creepiness, you know. I Because I'm like, you sort of like understand these things about yourself, like you were talking about. And mm-hmm. you like, you just make it funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I have this whole, I, you know, I used to have this whole bit about um, uh, if, when, whatever, my wife and I have kids, we would, I would have to, I'd be like taking my son for a walk right and i would have to convince people he's mine he came with me he's this is all voluntary yeah right yeah i'm not kidnapping him you know i would have to just tell like my kids like don't try to be funny and start screaming in public you know because they're gonna believe you and never me you know and that's one of my more well-liked bits and i'm not gonna do the bit here but uh is it's based on a true event when i went to shop for my niece a doll and and I'm and I'm the last person you want to see in the doll aisle at <laughs> Toys R Us alone. You know, looking. You know, why is yeah. he shopping for Barbie dolls? And yeah, I've had a similar experience when I was shopping for like a birthday gift for my niece, who, you know, a small little girl. And I'm just like, it's more. I, I look more like lost. Like, what am I doing here? Yeah. What do children like? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> I what would be your like. Just I don't know. Maybe you just said, but do you have any specific dream role for like if you could be in a movie or something like that? You've already listed some. It's not exciting. Yeah. But is there one above everything else? If I could be like in a specific movie, or yeah, something, yeah. The Purge series is my favorite right now. Right. I, really? God, what I would do to have a walk on or something, and you know, just whack somebody and leave. It'd be hilarious if you like get your dream comes true. And, like, you become part of the purge, and they tell you, okay, what am I doing in this scene? Am I going to be a menacing killer? They're like, mm. we want you to walk on screen. And you'd be like, whoa, that looks weird. And then you drive away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it brings out the weirdos. Yeah. What is your favorite death scene in a horror movie? There's a lot. There is. Um, it's hard to top the original when Leatherface pops out of the yeah. screen and whacks that guy with a sledgehammer. It's so brutal because <clears throat> it's, like, it's not flashy it's mm. not glamorous it's like yeah something gets hit in the whacked in the head with a mallet they're just going down yeah they're done and he's twitching on the floor and it's not gory at all it's not even there's no blood hardly in that scene but it is you're just really thinking disturbing. like man that's like traumatic brain injury is like, <laughs> you just start thinking the war it was funny it, like for me if i'm reading out of a medical biology textbook i'll probably vomit because i'm so <laughs> right. such a weak stomach Mm-hmm. seeing it in a movie like huh, hilarious that guy died it's a magic trick <laughs> yeah it's exactly. just a magic trick and i i have a soft spot in my heart for the original friday the 13th because it was probably my first real horror film growing up i caught it on cable right yeah so i, I like the axe in the face bit on the original <laughs> one. <laughs> they're so fun like the 
movie Zombie, the that old Italian movie. Yeah. I think oh, Zombie. Yeah. I can't believe you even know that. Oh man. heck yeah! Um, <laughs> wow. Back in the day, we used to that's hardcore. Yeah, and so I think it, it was billed as like a sequel to Dawn of the Dead unofficially yeah, or something, right. something like that. Mm-hmm. It was something weird was going on there, but the yeah. whole big wooden splinter in the eye bit. That's like the big. Uh, like I remember, like the watching a trailer for it as well, and that's like the big selling point. It's seeing this horrible, gruesome death. Yes. You know? uh-huh. And was it that movie? It had like a zombie versus a shark. I want to say. It's I think zombie. it is. I think it. Yeah, I definitely saw the scene. I think you're right. I'm like they should remake zombie just for that. Sharks are big now too. On top of yeah, that, well, zombies and sharks are big. That's a gold mine. Now, does it? No, I want to ask you as like just from a fan perspective. Do you, on the one hand, you got to appreciate horror movies being more mainstream. You do. They, they, they've always, you know, been here. They never went away. Right. But they seem to have more of a mainstream appeal now. Yeah. At least I think so. You know, oh, they and, do. Yeah. And so sure. before, like, maybe maybe the early 90s, the 80s, they were like this schlock, you know, slasher film. I miss those days. And they were like, oh, you like horror movies, exactly. you know? But now it's like, hey, this horror movie's out. Let's go see it. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a part of you that, okay, I like that horror is more accessible, but I also kind of liked it when it was like this cool, weird thing that nobody knew about. I wish we could go back to those days. No offense, mainstream audiences, but uh, <laughs> but give me my horror back, man. Yeah. I, w- I want horror to be something, you know, that you do in shame. <laughs> yes. As it was meant to be. Yeah, we like shameful activities here. Yes. You know, um, what is, so we, we, we talked about, like, basically being out in the middle of nowhere. It's a thing that would, like, freak you out. And seeing that lone house in the darkness, right? So, what other things are, like, real life from a horror movie? Actually, I, what I guess what I'm really asking was, was, what was the last horror movie that really freaked you out? I can tell you exactly what oh, it yeah? was. If you have Netflix, and I believe it's still on Netflix, uh, there's a documentary called uh, The Nightmare. The Nightmare, okay. And it is billed as probably the scariest thing on Netflix, and it's about the shadow people. The shadow people. Mm-hmm. I'm and getting chills <clears throat> right now. You It's sleep paralysis, and this, this okay. happens worldwide. It's a worldwide phenomenon that where you get sleep paralysis, and you're paralyzed in your bed, and you see a figure in the room. Yeah. And many, many people experience this worldwide, and I'm going to tell you right now, and you... Audiences are going to laugh. I've had it happen. I believe it. It's happened to me, and it scared the crap out of me. Goosebumps right now. You you describing that? You should do voice. You 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 voiceover work. You should do voiceovers for horror movies. I got (laughs) chills just now because like my wife has a um, a degree of that, right? Mm -hmm. And she has spoke of similar things like that, and. Yeah, uh, there was some. There was a fictional horror movie that came out some time ago. It was kind of like that. I don't really remember. I'm really horrible. That's what's wrong mm. with me. Remembering titles of things, of these things I claim to be, be passionate about. Yeah, I love that thing. Can't remember what it was yeah. called, but I loved it. Right. But there was some movie like that. I didn't see it either. That's another thing. But um, <laughs> I'm plugging these things, and it's like I don't know what it was called or who was in it. But you should check it out. Yeah, go, go check it out. Go check. Go go do some de- detective work, and you'll find that. But there was there was a fictional movie. It was about. I want to say sleep paralysis or something like that. Basically not being in control of your body, but being awake and yes, conscious. This happened. Right. And you can either see a figure or just people doing weird stuff to you. Yeah. 
it's frightening. It's it's horrifying. Can I can I briefly tell the story? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I was uh this was this was probably 20 25 years ago. Um I was at a girlfriend's apartment uh having premarital sex. And uh we were my in, boy Gary. Yeah, sorry. And um I was in bed alone and I had a key to her. She was a serious girlfriend, so I had a key to her apartment. Yeah. And I was in bed alone. She had gone to work. I was awake. I know I was awake. I could not move a muscle in my body. Nothing. I was laying on my back. And in the room floated. This floated. Floated. This man came up right to the bed, looked at me, and then floated back out of the room and went around the corner. And, John, I, I don't know what to say. I know, I know people are going to laugh. I was awake. Yeah. I guarantee you I was awake. That is so just creepy like so when it comes to now i don't know if you want to whatever you call that it could be something just in your brain produce it could be it could be a freaking for real ghost we don't know right and i'm not here to tell you what's real and what's not real Mm because i don't know i'm a little bit more of a skeptic when it comes to ghosts but i will tell you what i do and one more open to Mm -hmm. is interdimensional travelers i will put it that way yeah People phasing in and out of a reality or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can believe that. Yep. Be- or maybe it is just some lost soul who's just roaming around checking out. Hey, there's Gary. Way to go, Gary. You and your girlfriend. You have a key. I'm- <laughs> Congratulations, man. Serious girlfriend. I hope it works out. And then he just floats <laughs> right. away. <laughs> and you, I wouldn't stay in her apartment for weeks after that. I would not. I told her. I said, I, I can't do this. I, I wouldn't do it. And uh, the skeptic in me, because I also, believe it or not, I'm very skeptical of ghosts. The skeptic in me says it's probably just a brain chemical reaction, and that's why so many people in different cultures yeah. and everything experience it, because we're all human. Yeah. But even if it is a brain chemical reaction, something is scary as hell. Yeah, it's like, okay, when I'm there, that's what happens. Yes. So it's like, I don't want to be there. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's sort of like when, like, if, well, you, you have a dog, so if you see your dog staring at nothingness oh, for yeah. a while, you're like, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I'll tell you my weird thing that freaks me out, even though I have a million reasons to believe it's not real. But um, seeing a UFO or like an alien, a little gray alien come in and probe my you-know-what. Yeah. To this day, I'm like, that better not happen. I'm going to freak out. I'm, yeah. <laughs> even though you look at every, you can probably get freaking uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson or whatever tell me. The chances of you meeting right. an alien is so, well, literally astronomical. But I'm like, yeah, but I'm never watching the movie Fire in the Sky again. I'll tell you yeah. that. <laughs> so. If your listeners are familiar with Aurora, Texas, if they're from around here, you should go check out the alien grave in Aurora, Texas. An alien grave. Yeah. In 18, I'll tell you quickly, in 1897, an uh, alien spaceship crashed in Aurora. It's just right outside of Denton, about 40 miles from here. I- I think I've, I've I read some list of roadside attractions. I believe that's 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 on there. Yeah, I went to it recently, and uh, they allegedly the townsfolk. This is 1897. Took this little alien dead body and buried it in the cemetery. And there's a headstone and everything missing, you know, over there where you can go see the headstone. The historical marker from the state really? of Texas says, "Oh yeah, there's an alien here too." <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I wonder if anybody's tried to exhume the corpse of the alien. They have, and that's a whole different podcast on this <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, there's part of me that's like, that's not real, or maybe if it is, I believe that there are other life forms in the universe, but the ones that we see or people claim to see, anyway. 
I don't know if those are real, but then again, it's kind of like ghosts. How do I really know? I'm not really there. So it's kind of fun just to believe for a second, you know. Mm -hmm. But when I was uh, younger, not really now, but I was younger and well past childhood, you know what I mean? Well past into teens and young adulthood. Uh They're less young. I definitely don't do this now, thankfully. But I developed a habit of when I would go to sleep, I would literally pull the covers over my head as if that would fool anyone. Hey, this human-shaped thing. <laughs> right, yeah. That's not a person. Move along, aliens, or anyone. If I hear a noise, I'm like, you can't see anymore. You can't see me anymore. He gets back and his supervisor said, you fell for the sheet over the head trick? Come on. It's an actual, what do you think he's got in there? Like a bowling ball he's put to bed? That's his head. Genius. Yeah. They're, they're, they came from millions of light years away, yeah. all this technology, and you're going to trick them with the... Uh... I mean, if it's anything like the movie Signs, they're like, water kills us. How about this planet that's like all water? Let's yeah, go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what, those signs freaked me the heck out when I first saw it, though. It I'm never going too. to a cornfield again, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Sixth Sense freaked me out. Yeah, Bad. exactly. These are things that I'm like, that's eh, not real. But I'm like, I better not see a ghost, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I'm going to do something now called the Wheel of Wrong. All right. And so I've. Uh, wrong, but it's also right. <laughs> <laughs> so wrong, it's right. Now, I've done this on previous episodes of this, and I informed you of what this is. But to anyone who doesn't know what this is, and again, shame on you. But <laughs> uh, and I'm assuming anybody who's applying to the Rule 34 rule, you've, you've, you've finished and you're ready to go for this. <laughs> so what the Wheel of Wrong is, real quickly, I have a free app on my phone that's a random topic generator. And I thought it'd be fun if it was a wheel. And Gary, you're in the hot seat. I'm going to spin this wheel, and it's going to be a random topic, a subject. You will have to answer my question. All right. Well, you don't have to do anything, I guess, but I would like it if you did. I feel like I have to. All right. I feel like, uh, let's see what it is. What it is. Oh, this is a good one. Regrets. Oh, man. Oh. Good grief. How long do we have? How long do we have? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I want to see. Man, uh, so I do have a follow up. I do have questions that I have in my folded up crinkly papers right now that's probably picking up on the audio right now but real quickly so let's this is more of a general one are you able to let go or do you let the past motivate your future i let the past dictate my future and it's a it's a bad problem you know it's it's, it's something you know just uh my favorite personal help guru anthony robbins says the past does not equal the future yeah i try to do that you know but it's i I hold on to things. Right. Now, you don't have to get into any specific examples if you don't want to, but Mm -hmm. what um, I like the old, I forget forget how the actual saying goes, or if it's an actual saying, but who you are, you wouldn't be who you are now if it weren't for who you were, that type of deal. I absolutely believe that. Because I'm like, for better, for worse, this is me, America, this is me. Mm -hmm. So, and like, we all have, regrets are just things that they don't have to be like that was the one time man that was it it'll never happen again yeah. that type of deal or and there's plenty of times like i don't want to say because i'm pretty happy with my life now mm-hmm. and just by speaking to you and knowing you i would say you're pretty happy yeah. now mm-hmm. so but there are times in the past you're like i'll tell you my thing right mm-hmm. my weird wrong thing right and every now and again it comes up but it was you just feeling so down and the dumb to like another wasted opportunity. I didn't do this thing, whether it's 
professionally or personally, yeah. my big thing was like, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, where it's like not trying to even not not stealing the deal with a girl, but it's just not even trying. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Not even trying and going home and feeling bad about that. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and, and so it would be like, and then telling yourself. You shouldn't feel bad. You don't have it nearly as bad as everybody else. Exactly. You so you feel bad about feeling bad. It's this weird, horrible cycle. Yes. So that kind of stems from regrets. It does. Mm-hmm. So, like, how? What did you do to sort of like? Is just well, maybe pills. I don't know. <laughs> My, <laughs> this is it. My probably biggest regret is uh, quitting stand-up comedy for about two decades. Yeah, you know, and I, that's. A big thing because I, and I haven't done it in like God, it feels like two years steadily anyway and I feel like all my momentum's gone I feel I don't even yeah. feel the need to write anymore right so what was your experience like that when it comes to well quitting I don't like to consider myself quitting but I don't do it on, on the reg so you know yeah I was at the early 90s I was getting after it I was starting to get some MC work working my way up and and uh, I tell people I took 20 years off to become mentally ill. And <laughs> so, so, and I worked on that for two decades, and I accomplished that. So what do you think would be different? Do you think, I mean, there's no way to tell. It's impossible yeah. to tell. But do you have any, like, okay, knowing myself and how my personality was and is, can you take a look back and it's like, I would have just spiraled out of control if I would have continued on? And is it ultimately, I think ultimately... You've you can say ultimately it's a good thing, but that's because you made it a good thing. You took control of your your life, right? Yeah. So, do you think if you would have kept at it, do you think you would have just developed some bad habits, or if it just would have just gone down and out? Because you hear about comics, and like some comics, they they doesn't even have to be anybody we know. Mm-hmm. You hear about it, even the big, even the pros, they can lead really tragic lives. And I'm, yes. I'm not saying that would have happened to you, but do you kind of just say like, I would have quit anyway? What do you think would have happened if you kept on with it? I feel like I probably would have quit regardless of what circumstances took place. Cause uh, I'm afraid of success. Right. That, that it's a problem that plagues me to this day. I will run away from success. Now that's, is that, because when I hear that, I think weird, unnecessary, displaced, or misplaced, as it were, guilt, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Maybe, like, it can stem from anything, depending on what your background is like. Maybe, like, a survivor's guilt of, 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 of sorts. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, why Why should I make it? There's so many better people than me. That type of deal. Yes. That, that perfectly describes, yeah, I have that. Um, that's part of it. And part of it is, I don't know what to do when I become successful. Or, <laughs> yeah. You know, who's going to tell me what to do? And Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, being your own boss, having you be solely right. responsible. Yeah. Oh, man, uh, that's, I want to say, uh what was it called again this is what's wrong with me not remembering crap you know what i mean <laughs> simple we'll things figure it out. uh but there it, i took this one community college level entry level philosophy course right that uh-huh. everybody they all the basics and there was a word for it i'm forgetting about it but it's basically 
you have you do have freedom and free will, but it's actually horrible that you have free free will. Oh, yeah. I'm I, so I forgetting the word right now. I could tell you either, but yes, I know. I've I've heard the concept. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's an old it's an old concept, but yeah. um, oh, it's bothering me now that I'm forgetting the word for this. <laughs> I used to I used to love this word, right? I because it made so much sense to me. Yeah, it, it's not dread or something like that, but um. So that I think of that when you tell me that, you know what I mean? Because it's like mm-hmm. being your own boss and it's like in stand up, you're like, well, it's only up to me to try to get booked. Right. Nobody else is going to look out for you. And for me, it's, I don't know if I'm going to call it a fear of success, but I definitely relate because it's more of just like, I, I really want this thing to happen. I, and even if something like I struggle to really make it happen, when the day comes, it's like it's the last thing I feel like doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think maybe it's just a laziness or something like that. You know, I hope it's not laziness because... <laughs> I wouldn't say you're lazy because you... It's scary. Just from an outsider's perspective, I've, I've seen you like hit up the open mics, try really hard, work on your bits, mm. going from working your way back up, yeah. right? Yeah. When... You know, you had no reason to go back into doing stand-up. I really didn't. You have a you have a passion for it, but you're like, I'm kind of have my stuff set up right now. I'm kind of okay. Yeah. Let me add staying up to 3 a.m. or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Let's see if we can add a few beers tonight to this. <laughs> yeah, let's add this unhealthy lifestyle <laughs> on top of this. So I always tell people that I never, uh, I never practice in the mirror my stand up. Yeah, because I'm 52 years old. I stay out late at bars. I, you know, drink. I get up on stage and tell jokes for a living, and I can't stand to look at myself in the mirror. You know, so you don't really study tape of yourself doing too much because I had a bad habit of just never remembering to videotape or re- videotape. Yeah. I'm aging myself right now. I'm only 36. Good grief. But yeah. uh, uh, I've never recorded videos of myself because I just, a part of it is just not wanting to see, hear all the wrong things you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. I've since outgrown that. Um, I record myself more often now and it, it is a useful tool. Well, like I said, you, you put in work, you know, just by looking at, Following you on social media and stuff like that, stalking you maybe, right? Yeah. But because um, I'm seeing like, yeah, Gary's putting in the work. Like you said, you used to do like maybe three to five minute open mics. Now you've done work and you've expanded on yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Gonna butter your bread a little bit here for sure. And you're like, now you're doing like 25 minute sets. <laughs> I couldn't do a 25 minute set. Now, granted, I haven't put in any work, but that just shows you the drive that you have when it comes to this, and the drive that I don't have for this. Okay, yeah. For, for stand-up, I guess. Mm. Of course, I like to record podcasts and stuff now. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy. Love it. It's love it. I'm loving it no now. No hecklers. Yeah, no hecklers, except my guests, <laughs> which I hope you don't do. <laughs> so one thing, we're, we're going to wind down a little bit. We could talk for hours. Every guest I have, I feel like I could talk for like five hours with. It's amazing. Yeah. But um, So I'll just have to, I'll have to have a season two. It'll all be the same guests. We just continue a okay. conversation. I might I might do that. You know? I got more stuff, man. I'm, I'm full of mental illness. Tales of wacky <laughs> mental illness. And- we could just do that, a special like three-hour episode. But um, uh, so one of the things I like to do and uh with my guests is so we talk a lot about what's wrong with you of course Mm -hmm. but i want to do name five good things about yourself and this has turned into so much of a challenge for every guest i've had who Mm -hmm. who i've done it with and because they're like oh here's what's wrong with me i i have this prepared answer Mm -hmm. and i want to have you walk away not feeling bad about yourself and i'm not saying you are but um 
But I like this concept. Five, five positive things about yourself. Okay. And I have suggestions, and I've already laid some of them out, but uh, you can steal some if you want. But okay. this is what I like to do at the, when we get towards the end mm-hmm. of our session. Yeah, I'm going to call it a session. What's <laughs> <laughs> a copay for this? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to check your, your insurance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, when a number one, in no particular order, mm-hmm. what would you say from yourself is a great thing about our man, Gary Bush? Okay. Number one is easy. I've found the the fairy tale love of my life story. Congratulations, by the way. You know, and it's just, I've had many, many relationships over the years, and I have married the woman. We, oh God, this is so sappy, but we, I feel like we've searched for each other. Yeah, you know, right. You know, and and by God, I found her, and that's awesome. And like, you know, and it's one of the things where it's like, I don't want to take too much time away from this from your list, but mm-hmm. I feel similar. This sense that, you know, you're kind of floating around, and it's like, good grief, is there? Does everybody suck? Do I just suck? Mm-hmm. And then you find somebody <laughs> who, uh, I think I said on a previous episode, I was talking about this, where it's like. When you get married, you find the person that's like, I want to bother you the most. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Every, everybody else, I like, it's fine, you know, whatever, if I don't bother them. But this person, I want to get on their nerves for the rest of their You've life. You've really described my relationship <laughs> with Honey Poodle. Which yeah. Is, Honey Poodle's my wife, by the way. Yeah. AKA big, Courtney. Big shout out right there. Yeah. Big shout out. So that's awesome, number one. That's a big one, you know mm. what I mean? But number two, what would you say? Number two. I'm an animal lover, and I have found, bragging here, the world's best puppy, uh, Abby. And she is second to my spouse only. And, I mean, oh, God, I I love this dog. Were you a dog person before? No. I wasn't. Well, I mean, I didn't hate dogs. And I I always say, you know, judge people by how they treat animals. Yeah. And And I'm proud to say that I've always treated animals well. But... I never had a pet before. I in my adult, Abby's my first adult pet. Yeah. And uh, Courtney was a dog person, and when I met her, she introduced me to dogs. And I was yeah. Like, well, let's get one of these things. You know, I feel like we're kindred spirits here because I grew up like a cat person. We had cats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was either indifferent to dogs or I didn't like dogs. Whatever, it kind of right. faded, and um, it kind of just went in and out. And then when I got into the picture of this relationship. Our dog, Lily, was already there, and now she's my doggy daughter now. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so now I will have, you know, I'll talk about, I'm ready to share pictures of my dog at any given moment. Absolutely, yeah. So we could just talk about doggies for a whole other podcast. (sighs) Follow adorable Abby on Instagram. Yeah, get get her a bunch of followers, you know what I mean? So, So that's really awesome. And so number three, so keep on trucking. Number three. I am very proud with uh, the way my stand-up is progressing. Uh, I'm heading very rapidly toward becoming a feature act this year. Which is amazing. Like, I And I've had to personally work on this a little bit, even though I don't really publicly or outwardly do anything. But I think a lot of the same story. It's universal with every comic where you just have to struggle. Either if it's a person you consider a friend or someone you've never even spoken to, mm-hmm. you that bitter jealousy there. And I'm, I had to work on that to just, like, be oh, happy yeah, for that other so comic. Common, yeah. I, I, dropping that was a big... It's so hard. Such a weight to get off. I would just, tell myself, well, they did the work and you didn't, so calm, so calm down. Exactly. 
to like to, to, to just be happy for that other comic you yeah. know what i mean and i'm happy for you and so even from like an outsider's perspective just kind of like on, on the periphery i've come to just say like you know what that comic did the work i may not know them as well you know what i mean or follow mm-hmm. them directly or go to their shows they're like and they're probably like yeah gee thanks i'm so happy john mcbrien is happy for me but <laughs> <laughs> come come yeah. pay to go see me then i'll be really thrilled you know what i mean but um, yeah. but uh so that's really awesome so what that was that was three that was three so what is number four number four is uh as we discussed earlier i feel like in the last five six years i've come to terms with my mental health and i'm taking care of myself in that respect and and I'm not ashamed to talk about it, as we discovered earlier. Yeah, which is awesome. I mean, these were awesome things so far. And that was like, what, four? Was it four? That was four. That was, uh, see, I'm glad. Maybe that's the OCD. I don't know, because I already lost, lost count. <laughs> maybe <laughs> my mild case that everybody has. Because I think everybody has at least a mild version of, of OCD. Mm-hmm. Like, not like the clinical, you know what I mean? But, like, they have their own little version of it. Oh, yeah. And, absolutely. That, and, yeah. and, and, that, and that was mine. So the fifth <laughs> and final... Last but not least, what would you say? Fifth and final thing that I'm happy about myself is I'm a, I feel like I'm a good person, and I, I carry that through life. I try I try my damnedest to be positive, you know I do, and sometimes I fail at it, but you know I just I try to I try to just be a decent guy. And I would agree with that. Look at that. <laughs> we went down to the depths of the darkness. We came out through the light. <laughs> yep. This is going to be my favorite episode of What's Wrong With You. I would love to be a motivational speaker. I but think I don't... you could. I honestly think you could. Yeah. So, Gary, you can be a voiceover actor. You can be a horror movie villain. <laughs> you can do all. You're, you are a stand-up comedian. Yep. And um, so I want to get to your plugs and things. But one last question is, if you could die in a horror movie... What would be your death that you would want? How would you like to die in a gruesome horror movie? A uh, chainsaw, please. Just, yeah, just right to the head would be the best, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, you could do that. Just like bloody, gory. There's nothing more grindhousey and glorious than a good old-fashioned chainsawing. There you go. So uh, this, so what are your um, this episode as we're recording in? Um, mid june and um so this episode i'm thinking is going to be released early july so do you have any shows you like to plug or just your social media plugs uh let's just do social media um basically everything is at the gary it's the gary show uh instagram it's the gary show twitter it's the gary show uh facebook it's the gary show just you know uh, my website of uh com. there you go for all your gary bush needs there you go And I just want to thank you again for an amazing episode. And Gary, I hope you're happy. I am. Thanks for having me, John. All right. Big thanks once again to my guest, Gary Bush. You're going to want to check him out in anything he happens to be doing. Check him out on stage as a comedian. Check him out online. Doing it all, man. He's doing it all. We're doing it all here in this season of What's Wrong With You podcast. So far, so great. I've been having a lot of fun. And I hope you have too, listening to the interviews and the conversations and just getting to know some of these people a little bit better than you may have thought you ever would. If you want to get in contact with me, John McBride, it's very easy. All you got to do is go to johnmcbride.com. You want to email me, you can email me, john at johnmcbride.com. You want to follow this show? 
on social media. Twitter, Instagram, it's at www.ypodcast. It's really all there is to it. I am all over the internet. Everywhere there is to be, that is where I'm going to be. Man, so much validation. I guess that's what's wrong with me.